praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, the Lord, and your God, and there is no other. And my people shall never again be put to shame. Then afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my spirit. I will show portents in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood 
from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. I am already being poured out into libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved before me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. At my first defense, nobody came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that the message, so that me, the message, might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles may hear of it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack, and save me from his support's heavenly, heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks for 
standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The gospel of the Lord.
It is even hard for us to come to terms with our woundedness and our sins and our personality defects in the privacy of our own rooms or in therapy. Even that takes great courage. But in the temple, this man was braver than most, certainly braver than I. Yesterday, I went to my daughter's school for a parent meeting, and the teacher took us moms and dads through a typical day of school. We walked in the woods, we galloped like horses through the woods, we saw the tree forts our children had built, we ate apple slices, sang songs, and then went back to the classroom to rest and listen to a story. It's kind of like a spa vacation. <laughs> laid out the story for us, slowly and carefully, quietly. Using scarves and wooden dolls, she created a landscape, and in it, she placed a young boy, a boy who was very small but wished to be a mighty knight. One day, the boy went out riding on his pony, and he came upon a castle where he found a sad and lonely king. The king had lost all of his who was holding the princess captive. The sad king asked the boy if he would try to slay the dragon and rescue the princess. The boy said he would. And he rode to the edge of the forest where the dragon was. And there he set up camp and prepared to rest for the night so that he might search for the dragon in the morning. Before he went to sleep, During the night, the archangel Michael came and left a golden sword next to the sleeping boy. And when the boy woke, he discovered the sword, and he felt brave. He mounted his pony and galloped off to the dragon's cave, where the dragon heard him and came out roaring and breathing fire. But then he saw the boy's golden sword, and he stopped. Brave knight, he said, I see you are very courageous and powerful. Please do not slay me. I will use my strength for good. From now on, if you will spare me, and I will return the princess to you to bring to the king. Well, of course the princess was returned, and the dragon was tamed, and the boy was known as a respected knight from then on out, and everyone lived happily. After the story, the teacher told us parents a little bit more about St. Michael, about Michael, the archangel. In the fall of each year, the whole school tells stories and sings songs about the angel Michael. Fall is the season of Michaels, or Michaelmas, a season when we face our personal and cultural dragons and pray for courage to overpower them and grow as humans. I tell you all of this because in light of that story, in the season of Michaelmas, after speaking about dragons, I realized, sitting there in the circle of a warm nursery classroom yesterday, that that is what the tax collector was up to in the temple that day. He 
something quite big and courageous. The Pharisee was merely stuck in himself with a stagnant and not altogether honest prayer life. At our gathering of the clergy last week, Tony as our dean asked us to spend some time in small groups talking about our personal prayer lives. I shared that I generally have two prayer practices. The first is a daily chat with God in my car going to and from church, mainly because I don't have a stereo in my car. <laughs> I talk about myself and my life, and I ask God to be involved in the things that I'm chatting about. It is quite possible that I spend time in my car praying like the Pharisees with very little risk or death. The other way I pray is a little more rare. I pray by sitting in this church, over in a few there, that window, and I ask all the things that I have in my mind to go sit in that back pew near the door while I sit with God. And I try to focus on the presence of God. Sometimes, once my mind is clear, difficult things arise in me. Sometimes I'm overcome by beauty and gratitude. Sometimes waves of pain wash over me. Often I cry. This practice tends to get lost in the shuffle of a busy week, and sometimes I go weeks without entering into it at all. Probably because the lazier, not so courageous part of me tells me that tells the rest of me that I have too many other things. But when I do go, I know that I have shifted into, into a purer relationship with God. I now think that in those moments, I have had to muster up some courage. I have had to trust in the presence of angels to fortify me as I become vulnerable in the silence and look deeply at myself and at God. After my experience in nursery school yesterday, I decided to look up Michael Mast, and I found an article about the angel Michael. And I, it said that the angel Michael gives us strength, courage, and clarity of thought, strength to kindle our inner fire, and iron will to keep working on ourselves. These go with the courage to enter the abyss of our own soul, the writer of the article. And the clarity of thinking to know what must be transformed. Courage to keep working on ourselves and to know what must be transformed. I see that tax collector as someone who was looking for God's help, longing for God's presence because he had found the courage and the clarity to see what needed to be transformed in his life. And he knew that he could not do it without God. May we also long for God and have courage to enter into the kind of prayer that just might transform us completely.
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the Diocese of Torrance, Sudan, for Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, and for unity in the worldwide Anglican communion. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks for the ministries of the Church of the Good Shepherd, Watertown, Church of the Holy Spirit, Wayland, St. Andrew's Church, Wellesley, All Saints Church, West Newbury, the Diocesan Convention, and the Bishop Search Process. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. I ask your prayers for Catherine, our presiding bishop, for Tom and Neil, our bishops, for Tony and Becky, our priests, and for Rob, Maureen, Judy, Janet, and Spencer, our priest associates. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. I ask your prayers for Congress, Barack, our president, and Deval, our governor. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. We pray for wisdom and guidance in the building of our new parish house, that hospitality, ministry, and our love for God may be nurtured through this project. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. We pray especially for Spencer, Danny, Kimberly, Sokol, Anne, Dick, the Carey family, Ben, Elisha, Hannah, Sam, Hannah, Nan, El, Jonathan, Helen, Don, Sister Olga, Reverend Stephen, Don, Ed, Mary Lou, AJ, Barbara, Bishop Tom, Bishop Gail, Andy, Richard, Reuben, Jim, Mom, Raj, Jerry, Pat, Jacqueline, Kathy, Elizabeth, Lang, Edie, A.D., Liz, those without jobs, those serving in the military, and all who work for peace. Compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We pray for the repose of the souls of Liz McAllister, Mark Dameforth, Christina Pickups, mother of Rick and Benny Ambler's son in law, and Benjamin Payson, nephew of Daryl Payson. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. And we the flowers at the altar are given in thanksgiving for the marriage this afternoon of Erica McGinsey and Christian Homedorn. Let us pray 
morning. I'm Jennifer Newbold, and I wanted to thank everybody who participated in the crosswalk last week. We do not have the final tallies, um, the numbers are still coming in, but um, we were leading the um, fundraising on the website um, last week, and Bob Penfield was uh, the leader in the running for the Frank Bradshaw Award. So I would let you know when we have all the numbers, but I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you've done. And you know what, if you meant to donate, if you forgot, I think you still can online. Um, so check that out. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next Sunday at 5 o'clock, Coral Ingersoll. Now, Coral Ingersoll should bore you in just in and of itself because it's a great Anglican tradition. Music that you never hear in the book of Coral Ingersoll. But there's another Philip that you should definitely bring you here in that respect.
Thank you. 
God, which 